Daily Life Conversations of a Multiland, Part 2. Uh, those of us who are of Pakistani background uh, but have lived abroad and so are native English speakers, you will see our conversations when we speak with each other um, is unique. Uh, you would notice that we all tend to join and coin words in exactly the same way. It's as if our minds think the same way. You will hear all of us, for example, say, you need to shut up and sonify me right now. Yeah, which means you need to listen to me right now. So I sonod him pretty good, you know. Uh, sunana means to tell somebody off. Uh, so when you say that in Urdu it is you know, I told him off real good. And but when we say it in English, we tend to when we speak with each other, we we're like, I sunod him pretty good, you know. And then we tend to use the word fi at the end of uh, many words like sunafi and um, you know. And and there's another word that I thought that I had coined, but I noticed that other uh, Urdu uh, uh, other Pakistani, uh, uh, British or Pakistani Americans tend, they, they, they use the same terms or they coin the same words. And for example, when I would say that that is, uh, that is Burdashtabad, you know, I always used to say this word a lot. I, uh, recently I haven't said it much, but I've always said, but forget that, that's Burdashtabad, you know, so that means that's tolerable. So Burdasht is to tolerate and able as from, from tolerable, so Burdashtabal. And uh, this was a word that became very popular amongst my friends when I used it. And then I found out that uh, other people like me from my from similar backgrounds to me, they kind of coined similar words and terms. And then so we would say Sunafai and Sunad and, you know, uh, and we would say Burdashtabal and we would say words like yeah, that the, this is. You would notice that we would tend to use Urdu and English mixed in one sentence. So we would start by saying, for example, you know what? I really think that our parents don't get us. Hannah, they don't really get us, do they? No, nay, they really don't get us. You know, one would think that we're actually speaking in a unique language. I mean, after all, at the end of the day, considering how they're the ones who've given birth to us, they ought to have been able to understand us. Right? No, but it's so difficult to even, you know, pratashtafy them at this point because all you ever end up is just getting sunafied by them, and, you know, and they just sunai you and then they just they just flip everything off and then they just go away and you are left like, you know, pakafied and hakafied and you don't even know what to do. <laughs> so that is one, one example of how we speak. And if it's uh, you and your sibling who um, share three languages, then we tend to have an amalgamation of all three. For example, at one point, my sister and I, we would begin with, okay, so why don't you just tell me what happened? And I would say, yeah, well, you know, mais c'est pas important, au moment, ce sera difficile de to tell you. <laughs> so, you know, and then she was like, by moi, mais pourquoi? Est-ce qu'il y a quelqu'un chez, chez toi ou? Tu, tu n'es pas seul, toi? Yeah, and I would say, uh, Aho! <laughs> Which would be the Punjabi answer, answer for, you know, yeah. So, 
so we're speaking in French because we have got people on this end of the uh, on my end and we're on the phone and so she's like okay she's she's now responding in French obviously and then she would turn it to Urdu and English not Urdu actually we've never spoken in Urdu uh, we've always had the uh, the unified words but we've never spoken in Urdu with each other and so in English uh, or French so and then you know she would say that she would say that okay why don't you just you know uh, just can't you like move can you go somewhere else uh, or maybe you could move somewhere so that we can talk because I really need to talk to you right now yeah. and I was like okay yeah fine just give me a sec you know and then I would go to the other room maybe and then we would begin full on in English so there is that so that's another example of how we uh, amalgify our languages so yeah it's kind of fun uh, whenever our relatives uh, my dad's relatives or my mom's relatives who are British whenever we get together um, then we speak in that unique tongue where we have these unified words uh, while speaking in English we would add in a few Punjabi a few Urdu words coined uh, you know and conjoined with English with their English partners <laughs> so yeah it's actually pretty fun it's pretty fun but uh, when it comes to my thoughts then I have to put breaks on my thoughts every now and then or sometimes when I'm trying to tell something to my mom you know and then uh, I have to control myself because suddenly uh, a Korean word or uh, a Japanese word or a Thai word would come and I would be like oh no look for the Punjabi version of it just look for the Punjabi very variant of this you know like for example I was for some odd reason you know when I was telling my mom that you know we have this thing in common this whole belt from Pakistan all, all the way uh, up to you know uh, Vietnam and all uh, Japan and stuff um, that you know we always have uh, a sort of a uh, we have a, a honorifics you know we have honorifics and then we have casual language so there is the difference between formal and informal and and also how we always call other people by their general status or position in life so for example an older man or woman would always be an aunt or an uncle or a mother or a father and uh, you know older people who are just older than us in years but they're still young you know they would be they would be brothers and sisters you know older brothers and older sisters but okay unlike them in pakistan we don't have a word for at, at least we don't call younger brothers and younger sisters with their for, with titles we just call them by their name actually so this is one thing that's different that in in thailand and in japan korea and stuff uh, you will hear that even for those younger than them they have a word for example, you have Tung Sing in, in Korea and you will have, you know, um, I think it's um, Nong, right? Nong in Thai, isn't it? So, I mean, you know, you have that P and Nong and, you know, Nuna Tung Sing and Hyung Tung Sing and Upa Tung Sing. So, this, there is that. Uh, and Uni. So, for them, Tung Sing in Korea, it's Tung Sing is the generalized word for everybody young, regardless of their gender, isn't it, if, I'm, if I remember right? Um, and so, in Urdu, Punjabi, we don't really have a word uh, for, uh, I mean, not a formal word to address somebody younger than us, but we have formal addresses for those older than us. So, it will always be, for example, Baji, Apa, Api for females. 
which is the equivalent of nuna or unni, right? And then we will have hai, which is the equivalent of pi in Thai or the equivalent of uh, hyung or uppa in Korean. And uh, then we have um, uncle and aunt, uh, which nowadays is this trend where everybody wants to call every girl an aunt. Seriously, if, even if she's 20 years old, you'll find somebody, a shopkeeper calling her auntie and you're like, what the F, you know, but, <laughs> but it is there. So, but, uh, but, uh, but, but if you look at our completely traditional uh, addressing uh, mode, and that is that an older man, an older man would always address a younger girl, a very much younger girl, uh, young enough to be his granddaughter, you can say, or young enough to be his youngest daughter. Uh, you, you would find him addressing her as Guriya, which is, literally means doll. So, and uh, we say Bache. Yeah, we tend to say Bache or Bete for somebody younger than us. But they're more in the sense of child or son, you know. But other than that, then if it's a younger girl, uh, a girl is much younger than the than the the woman or man addressing them. And if you go into the remote areas, you know, into the villages and all, then they still use the traditional addressing of Buria, and uh, they would call uh, a younger boy Bete, son, automatically, and um, they would call any older woman Khalaji or Masi or uh, Maji. So, which means auntie or mother. And uh, these are, you know, respect. These are addresses of respect that you give. And then to an older man, uh, you would call him chachaji, which literally means uncle. It's, it's, it's a word we use for our younger paternal uncles. So, uh, it's like that. And, um, but yeah, when I was trying to tell my mom that, you know, that uh, they... Uh, because actually we don't address older people as grandparents, although this is something that is uh, used in Korea frequently. So for some odd reason, I forgot the the Urdu or Punjabi word for grandparents, you know, which is actually Nana, Nani and Dada, Dadi. Imagine that I actually remember it now. But that time when I was trying to tell my mom, but uh, I the Korean version was hitting me so hard that, you know, I ended up saying, you know, Harabuji and Harmony. And I was like, oh my God, now <laughs> But obviously she got it because I was trying to tell her that, you know, they address for buzurks. We call them buzurks in general, the elderly, uh, which which in Korean you will find them referring to them as orishin. So orishin is actually in our language, buzurk, the elderly. So when we address the buzurks, when we address the elderly, um, we don't call them grandmother or grandfather, unlike uh, in Korea or yeah, I think even in Japan. Uh, we address them mostly same as uh, mother, maji, or uh, khalaji, or which is auntie, or uh, for males again chachaji. Yeah. So no matter how old they are, so that is we don't we don't start calling them grandparents <laughs> on a whim. <laughs> so yeah, there was the, the, there was that, um, and you know. Um, so yeah, like like in Korea, Japan, and Thailand, and all this this whole belt, you know, Vietnam, I think even Cambodia, Nepal, and all, all of us, we this whole belt, you know, China, we have a certain uh, formal way to address uh, everybody by based on the status and position. Um, so for example, if I'm taking somebody's name, if I'm in a position where I have to take a, a strange a stranger's name, a person who I'm not close to, then I would use the word sahab which is very popular in, in, in the English language. So any English speaking 
uh, any native English speaker or from any English speaking country would know this because it's been incorporated in the English language for so long. Um, it is, uh, it, I think you could say it's Thai variant is uh, Hun or, uh, yeah, Hun, which you could refer to as Mr, I guess. But uh, again, in English, there's no real address that could, in Urdu, you can find the exact translation for Hun, and that is Sahab, which means sir, you know. And in Urdu, the female uh, and male, uh, the gender difference comes. So if it is a male, it is Sahab, and if it's a female, it's Sahiba. So it's like how in Persia, you know, in, in Iran, in Iran, you have in Persian language, um, in Irani language, you have Sayyid and Say Sayyida, you know, so Sayyid is Mr. Male and Sayyida is Miss or Mrs. depending on, it doesn't matter, it's just Sayyida as long as she's female. So the same is for in Urdu, it is Sahab and Sahiba. So uh, we also say Hazrat and Hazur which is the Arabic variant, but as uh, remember in Urdu, um, uh, Urdu is a mixture of Turkish, Arabic and Persian. So, yeah, and Sanskrit and the original Urdu form itself. So it's like five languages combined. So, um, yeah, so in, in Urdu, we would say Hazur or Hazrat, which means Mr. And it's a, it's a very, very formal respectful way, which we can also sometimes use in a semi-teasing way as well, you know, when we're trying to be very uh, friendly with it at the same time, you know. So sometimes, you know, and you will notice that the same thing happens in, in Thai language and in, even in uh, Korean and Japanese, where we sometimes use formal languages deliberately just uh, as a sort of a soft teasing, but it's a nice teasing. So you don't, you're, you're actually keeping uh, in terms with formality but at the same time you're teasing that person so it's a sort of a very sweet very sweet sense of humor here that we use so it's janab janab is another word which is a very very formal word for saying mr or sir in urdu but you will hear sometimes uh, you will hear some men you know who are very close to each other's but are you know speaking formally and so you will see them sort of teasing each other and say or janab kya visaj hai aapke aajkal you know, so they're being exceedingly formal language-wise, you know, which literally would mean, and good sir, how is your temperament today? <laughs> or how would your temperament be today, good sir? Pray tell me. You know, so it's it's that. It's that kind of humor that we bring in. So that is why I guess I enjoy these languages. And I, I think that those of us who speak multiple languages, uh, those of us who are bilingual, most of us Asians and Africans who are bilingual, in fact, almost all of us, we're definitely bilingual. And then uh, a vast majority of us become trilingual, you know, so because we have English in the mix or Arabic in the mix or, you know, so the, there, uh, some have French in the mix. So there is that. Uh, but uh, that's the fun in it. That's the fun in it. If you will talk to a person who is from Balochistan, you will see him mixing Balochi words in Urdu. If you talk to a Kashmiri Punjabi, like for example, my maternal family, they're Kashmiris, but they uh, migrated to Pakistan way back and when. And uh, so since you can say that Pakistan's existed, they have been living in Punjab, in Lahore, like a vast majority of Kashmiris that migrated. And the, the, now they have a special language, which you will notice that every single Kashmiri that you will talk to from Lahore or from Gujarawala, 
these two cities of Punjab, uh, every single Kashmiri you will talk to, you will see they have the exact same language. I guess this is what I'm trying to say that, you know, it's like uh, those of us native English speakers who come from Britain or America or Africa. And when we tend to uh, speak uh, English, we coin the exact same words in the exact same way. You know, it's like we have that same wavelength. You will find that in Kashmiris uh, as well. So. So if you speak to any Kashmiri living in Lahore or Gujramala, you will see that they all have the same vocabulary, the same words to, to use to express the exact same uh, thing, you know, and they will, for example, you would hear them use words like achvi. If you use achvi, you know, every single Kashmiri in and from anywhere throughout Punjab will recognize exactly what that word is because that is essentially a Kashmiri word according to them. But it is also, it is also a, uh, a word... Uh, that is from South Punjab. So in South Punjab, uh, the language that they speak, which is a very beautiful language, they too tend to use the word achwi. So they have that in common, like in Rahim Yar Khan and, you know, uh, Dera Ismail Khan side. And uh, in Urdu, you will hear the word chun is for the same thing, you know. Uh, another thing, if you hear a Kashmiri speak Punjabi, they're Punjabi, you will have words like Tirafnimati, you know, and you wouldn't hear a normal Punjabi say these words, really. But so uh, you tend to think that any Punjabi in Lahore will understand you. Most Punjabis in Lahore do understand you because almost everybody is one way or the other related to Kashmiri in Lahore. So I guess they would understand you. But if you actually talk to a pure Punjabi and you would use the words like they would be like, what? Where are you from? You know, so... The Tarafni Mati basically means Mati, the soil, the soil that we're made of, the earth, right? The clay. And Tarafni, Tarafni is from Tarap. In Urdu, it's Tarap. And in Punjabi, it's Taraf, which is, you know, to writhe. You know, when you're writhing in agony. <laughs> so you can imagine what it means. Tarafni Mati means is like you just don't have any, your bones are just not peaceful. As in, you know, a person who can't sit still person who's just constantly agitated and you know just moving about and so when they get angry and they're like you, you know what's wrong with you why can't you sit still so they would say that you know uh, what kind of soil are you made up of you know <laughs> in other words so yeah so why won't you keep still in urdu they would use chun to make it chun so chun is the same thing achvi they're all the same things, basically. They're all different words trying to describe the same thing. So, yeah, you would hear us. When you hear somebody like us talking in English and we would hear us bring out words like, you know, and I snuffed him a lot and I snot him a lot, you know, and, oh, that's Pratashtabu and, you know, that's okay and, you know, that's uh, doable. So, th this is us. This is us native English speakers who belong to Pakistani backgrounds. <laughs> This is it for now, unless I come up with some more. Enjoy your life. Uh, enjoy learning new languages. Enjoy exploring cultures. Enjoy realizing how we're all the same despite our differences. Have fun and live a wonderful life. Stay happy, stay safe, stay blessed. Bye-bye. Kudahapis. Ohua. Ciao.